0: Hello, welcome to this private hidden podcast on healing attachment style. I'm glad you found your way here and I want to actually start by acknowledging you and honoring you for devoting your free time to Connecting to this information and seeking out these resources and I trust that if you are here Then you are on a heart-healing journey as it relates to your relationship to others to dating and to yourself So I'm Johanna I'm honored to be a guide and a teacher of this work and to be here with you for the next couple episodes together where we are really going to dive into what it looks like to heal attachment style. And the reason why I came to love this work so much is because attachment style can be healed. And it's been proven time and time and time again that no matter what our tendencies are, we can make huge strides in the experience that we have um, as far as the partners we attract, the partners we feel attracted to, how we feel in dating, and our the level of self-worth and self-assuredness we can bring into a partnership so that we can cultivate a relationship that is deeply nourishing, profoundly loving, and very mutually beneficial and interdependent. So if that's something that sounds like feels good for you or would feel good for you, then you are in the right place. In this first episode i want to actually start by breaking down some of the myths around attachment style first one being that i actually really love the words attachment tendencies or attachment adaptation instead because what our attachment style really is is an adaptation to what we experienced most likely with our early caregivers and in some cases Early romantic relationships can can affect our attachment style um, because our attachment tendencies, as I said, are a result of an experience that is generally a trauma, and that might be what we sometimes consider a big T trauma, like a one-off very traumatic event, or little T trauma, which is consistent small misattunements or events where our nervous system is basically overwhelmed and that results in a trauma to the nervous system. So I don't want to throw trauma in here as this big scary word, but by definition, it is a trauma. So that's what we're working with and it can be healed. So that's all to say that I might use the word attachment adaptation or attachment tendency instead of or as well as attachment style. And I think those words are also powerful because it shows us that it's more of just a behavior tendency than something we are necessarily stuck with. And that leads me to my second point that when it comes to defining attachment styles, I think it's very satisfying to try and put them in these four boxes of secure, anxious, avoidant, and disorganized. However, depending on who we are relating to, we can actually kind of shift into a different category, especially shifting along the spectrum of avoidant and anxious uh, with secure being in the middle so if you are generally someone who is a little bit anxious let's if we could name it as a percent which we can't but if we could 20% and all of a sudden, you are in a relating dynamic with a partner who is very, very avoidant, then that actually might make you shift a little bit more anxious. You know, it really activates the tendencies more towards anxious. So then you might be feeling 40% or 60% anxious because this person is more avoidant. And then if you're with someone that's more secure, maybe your anxious attachment tendencies are actually less. Or if you're with someone else who is actually very, very anxious or presenting very, very anxious tendencies, that might make you feel more avoidant. So it's helpful to be able to see In which category our tendencies are most common, but what I think is even more more uh, healing and supportive is just seeing where we can actually maybe play in the different camps and being able to work with that as it arises and be in tune with ourselves enough to see, oh, I'm actually being avoidant in this situation. I'm closing off in the face of love in order to protect myself, or oh, I'm leaning towards feeling anxious in this situation. I'm looking at this through the lens of, of fear, fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, fear of this relationship ending. And I'm now presenting jealousy, even though I know maybe it's unwarranted. So by giving the, by giving ourselves this awareness, then we can um, make shifts towards feeling better and healing. So those are the two things I wanted to point to right away. If it feels good, maybe taking a deep breath here and just relaxing into the knowing that this is something that you can shift and heal. And before we get too much further into this episode, I do want to spend a little bit of time defining attachment style, where it comes from, why it happens, just so that we're all on the same page. So attachment style is the study of how we relate to others and what we learned about love, how it should look, how we need to be to get it all of those different things. And our attachment tendencies are generally formed from a very young age. They're generally influenced by our initial caretakers, aka most often our parents or whatever adult was around taking care of you and how that adult related and attuned to you. And so the word attunement comes up a lot in attachment style. And what it means is how in tune or attune, Assumed the caregiver was to your need as an infant so as a child we don't have verbal language right away we only have facial expression and body movement and cries and what we want is for the adults around us to understand exactly what we need and give it to us accurately but sometimes that doesn't happen and it's not an easy task necessarily for a parent to be able to know exactly what we need But as you can assume, our needs are, of course, food, water, shelter, but deeper than that, connection, presence, encouragement, feeling safe, and being able to regulate with an adult who has a regulated nervous system. So, in the attachment style literature, it's often split up, as I said before, into secure attachment, avoidant attachment, anxious attachment, and disorganized. And I just wanted to find them quickly again to make sure we're all on the same page. So, when we think of someone with a primarily avoidant attachment, that is the person that is closed off to intimacy, kind of keeping people at an arm's distance. We often see the archetype of lone wolf and why this presents this way is because this child was likely neglected or left left alone too much or rejected by their caregivers. And so because the caregiver was consistently not there, then the child forms a belief system that says, okay, I can't rely on these adults around me to take care of me. So I need to be resourced completely within myself and actually reaching for love. When I do as a baby, I'm actually, I'm consistently met with it not being there or rejection and that feels really vulnerable and really painful so it would be better for me to just close off and wall up and shut down and try and take care of myself and so that belief also would come potentially with a story that relationships aren't really important or that people don't see me and and someone with an attachment style can feel very isolated within their own experience and obviously very walled off so what happened in this case is they basically put the full brakes on on their attachment system and now generally don't feel safe to connect with others. On I don't want to say the other hand, because like I said, this is something where we can kind of blend and flow and move and take strategies from different buckets at different times. So a second category, I guess, is the anxious attachment, sometimes called ambivalent attachment. And the difference between the child experience in anxious versus avoidant is that in the case of developing anxious attachment, what the child perceived is that the caregiver or parent was there and then not there. And sometimes they got their needs met and sometimes they didn't. And sometimes they assumed a situation was gonna play out a certain way because in the past they did feel supported and loved, But in this case, the parent actually was not available. And so it creates a lot of confusion for the child because of the inconsistency. And it can feel like a situation where there's um, kind of like a rug pull. You're really anticipating something, again, as an infant, with an infant brain and a very low capacity to understand what it's like to be an adult. But nevertheless, that's all we have to work with. So it feels like we become a bit unsure of what we're going to get. And this can happen in situations as seemingly innocent as a child, as a parent, sorry, who goes to work and comes back because the child just doesn't have the understanding that the parent is going to come back. And so in cases where moms are going back to work when the infant is as young as three, weeks old or just a few or three months old, that alone can create this anxious attachment style. The conversation about our caregiver experience and our parents and who they are and what they did is deeply, deeply personal. And so I don't want to write it off in any direction and I'm not going to dive too much into this conversation in a podcast episode. That's what I love to really go deep on with my clients in a group container or a one-to-one container, but for here, it's just way too nuanced. So I'm just going to leave that part of the conversation there and define for you disorganized attachment. So disorganized attachment is generally characterized by these words of fear or terror. But what really happened for the child was that the same caregiver that was causing a lot of deep pain is also still the caregiver that is responsible for love and, and survival. So a child who is naturally seeking comfort and protection from a loving parent is now seeking that and looking for that in an adult who is also Uh, causing pain like I said and this can come from physical abuse or sexual abuse or just really really unavailable like unemotionally available parent who is maybe caught up in their own experience or also you know being abused by a partner and it's just a lot of trauma in that type of household there and so that manifests in an adult who is kind of stuck in dysregulation because of the fear that they experienced if we are disorganized, it's really fundamental to be able to reestablish this fundamental sense of self regulation and then relative relative safety in relation to other people. If we are someone who is predominantly in anxious tendencies or anxious adaptations, then that person really needs consistency and reassurance in order to go through the healing journey. And for an avoidant person, what's really important is Creating more safety to connect in healthy ways. So you can see how depending on the different tendencies, the (laughs) prescription, so to speak, or what they really need in order to heal the nervous system is different. So as I said in the beginning, I am really going to be focusing mostly on the anxious attachment style, but I just wanted to give a definition so that we know what we are speaking about as the other words naturally come up. Anxious attachment is what I specialize in, in my private practice with my one-on-one clients, also in a group coaching program that I run a few times a year called Secure Love, and it is the process and the healing journey that I went through. So for my anxious attachment girlies, you're in the right place. Something I want to speak to is the anxious avoidant loop because it is very common for anxious people to be attracting avoidant people as you probably already know. And from the anxious side, it felt very intuitive and obvious to me why we would reach for avoidant people. It kind of fulfills our belief that people are going to leave or people aren't going to give us love, right? And so it makes sense to reach for this person that's closed off because we have a deeply ingrained belief that the love isn't going to be there when we want it to be there or it's going to be hit and miss and the avoidant style perfectly fulfills that prophecy but on the other side i always wondered why are avoidant people attracted to anxious people if that sense of grasping or neediness is actually really um, repulsive for them so what I read and found in that is that avoidant individuals may have had these caregivers who are emotionally really distant, right? Or kind of dismissive. And that is re- reinforcing their preference for being emotionally independent. But at the same time, they really crave attention and wanting to be wanted, right? And so in the beginning, that initial desire that they're feeling from a, an anxious partner or an anxious yeah dating partner is very alluring because it's it's validating this part of us this part of them that wants to be seen and chosen but as soon as it becomes kind of real or they feel the intensity of that then the the pullback and the pushing away happens so I just wanted to share that because it was kind of an open loop in my mind about this dynamic and now I see where it makes sense so now I want to move into the first step of the healing phase, which is actually reflecting on the patterns of our past relationships. So through the lens of anxious attachment style, what we tend to see as far as relationship patterns go is, of course, attracting avoidant partners, uh, a lot of overthinking or really wanting a need for reassurance, anxious attachment people might identify that words of affirmation are their love language, and I kind of have some beef to pick with the love languages because I see it through the lens of like, is it your love languages or is it a trauma response? For example, is it my love language that I want words of affirmation or is it my anxious attachment, aka trauma, that really feels like I need that in order to be validated? So yes, of course, I think there are healthy, integrated desires for the love languages and also we generally need all of them. So if I'm putting physical touch, for example, at the bottom of my love languages is it that I don't need or want physical touch or is it that I feel unsafe receiving physical touch because of the experience that I had growing up? Anyway, another tendency for relationship patterns and anxious adapters is this fear of abandonment, also really intense emotions and difficulty trusting. So, These relationship patterns are what we want to identify within ourselves so that we know exactly what we're working with and what we're trying to shift. So overthinking, need for reassurance, also a fear of abandonment, uh, really intense emotions, or having difficulty trusting. And I'll give you some examples and you can kind of see which category feels the most true for you with a cisgender couple, heterosexual. Let's say the woman is named Sophia, the man is named Jason, and Sophia tends to have anxious tendencies. So overthinking. Sophia tends to overthink things and she often worries that Jason might be not as interested as she is or as committed as she is and so what that manifests as is sending these texts like, do you still like me? Are we okay? Always feeling this sense of urgency that everything has to be okay, everything has to feel very even keeled and, and what we see in that is a, a small capacity for being able to handle the natural waves of polarity and the natural waves of connection and also just the reality that people are busy and they have other things that occupy their time, but for the anxious attacher, it feels like I have to keep this ship calm or else it means something bad about me, right? Second example in the fear of abandonment, this might be if Jason takes a little longer to respond or cancels a plan even for a totally legitimate reason, it might really send Sophia's nervous system into thinking the worst, that he's losing interest, that he's probably planning to end the relationship, and this fear of abandonment is obviously creating a lot of emotional turmoil for Sophia because she is spending a lot of time in this dysregulated nervous system state of panic and is probably also calculating in her mind all of the ways that she can hopefully fix this or save this or stop this from happening. As far as the intense emotions goes, then for the anxious attacher, there can just be a lot of intense happiness and satisfaction when a relationship is going well. But also, if there's a hint of trouble or a hint of miscommunication, then it can turn into a really deep dive for anxious or feeling upset and again imagining those worst case scenarios. And these examples I'm giving are kind of on the extreme end of anxious, so you might think, okay, well I don't go that far into the story or I don't go that far into overwhelm or I don't feel necessarily panic but I do feel unease and I start to feel worried and so all all of that is what we're working with because what we're looking at when we see these examples is an energetic shape pattern that our nervous system defaults to in response to an experience from our environment the environment in this case being a partner that we're dating so not only on an intellectual level are we having an experience, you know, we're reading the text and we might be able to say, okay, this is a legitimate reason that they canceled the plans, but then there's this other big flood of emotion, of feeling, of thought that comes with all of these stories of, oh, but actually that might mean that he's going to break up with me or he's probably not going to remake this plan or he never wants to hang out with me again or whatever the story is. And that is something that is bubbling up deep from our subconscious that is basically out of our control until we do the steps to kind of look at what is in there where does this stem from and how can I regulate myself in the face of these big emotions how can I connect what my mind sees as reality and that part of me that's saying like it's probably okay it's probably not like this um, to the to the part that's feeling a lot of fear. And that process of being able to regulate our nervous system is through introducing healthy attunement and healthy attachment style opportunities to our nervous system. And we can do that with ourselves and we can also do that by what we allow ourselves to experience in relationships. So I'll give you a few examples. First example that comes to mind, as I just said, what we experience in a relationship is really making sure that we slow down and experience and feel what it is we are receiving in our relational dynamic. So sometimes that might be hard and true avoidance. And if that's the case, then maybe it's a scenario that we need to walk away from as we nurture and take care of our own nervous system and as we seek the road of healing and becoming more secure but maybe we are actually with a a partner who is giving us what we want and we are putting way too much weight on the moments where we aren't getting what we want or we feel like we aren't being loved in the way that we want to be loved and we are missing how much love support reassurance we are getting and so It can be really healing to just slow down and look at where am I getting reassurance? For example, where am I not being abandoned? Where am I being chosen? How does this partner communicate with me that makes me feel taken care of? And can I receive that? And then on an internal experience, doing the work to regulate our nervous system through my lens comes through the somatic therapy toolbox. So somatic means in the body, and that's where we really work with the different shapes, like I said, like those energetic shapes that our body takes and the sensations that come with it in order to offer resolution and healing there. So as an example, if you think of Your anxious attachment tendencies, it probably comes with some physical sensations. And maybe you haven't realized because it's felt like it's very in your thoughts, but I'm betting there's some tightness in your chest, or for some people, it's like a pit in their stomach. And what we can actually do is offer healing through these sensations. And so, in response to your experience as a child, you're creating these neural pathways within your brain and in your body that are attached to beliefs that say, Love is inconsistent or everyone's going to leave me or everyone's going to cheat on me or I'm not worthy of this love. And that neural pathway just continues to run and run and run. And we live it out over and over and over in our adult experience until we shift and rewrite and change this pattern, which we absolutely can do. And somatic therapy is a predominant process that I use with my clients one-on-one In later episodes of this series, we're going to do a couple little exercises that I'm also going to talk about what somatic therapy actually does and what it has to do with our boundaries and needs because that's a really big part of the resolution process, but we're going to talk about it in another episode because this one's already so much longer than I thought it was going to be. I was thinking, okay, these are just going to be some quick, punchy 15-minute episodes and now I'm realizing there's just so much to say about this topic um, that I'll try and be as succinct as possible, like I said, and I hope that this first one has just given you a lot of context, that you're on the right path, that you can see where these things are playing out and just allow you to really feel one validated in your experience and two encouraged that we can shift towards secure and that you're totally going to get there. So thanks so much for being here with me in the next episode. I'm going to be sharing some very specific tools and techniques that allow us to soothe the anxious attachment style so that it's not dictating our response, our communication, and our behavior in our relationships if this episode was helpful feel free binge into the next one or I would love 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 to hear from you you can either email me I'm sure I've sent you an email by now or you can message me at elevate with joe on tiktok I would just really love to hear your feedback and make sure that what I'm sharing is what you need to hear and at the depth that you need to hear and anything else you want to share with me so looking forward to hearing from you and I will talk to you in the next episode